back if it's your uh, second time or beyond listening to Two on OSU. Welcome in if it's your first time. I'm Sam Hutchins. Ben Hutchins joins me. We cover Oklahoma State for sellout crowd. And Ben, it's an interesting time to be covering Oklahoma State right now. Cowboys, of course, got a bedlam win last week. Mike Gundy certainly wants everything shifted towards UCF. He wants all the attention on that game now. And that's what we'll get into this week a little bit is, hey, can the Cowboys keep up this impressive run and a big turnaround to the season? Can they keep it up in Orlando? But we'll get into that right after we thank the folks who keep the lights on around this show, certainly. We got to thank our sponsors. So thank you to the sponsors for supporting our show, especially MidFirst Bank, Laser Light Skin Clinic, the National Cowboy and Western Heritage Museum, Oklahoma Ford Dealers, and Fire Lake Casino. Those businesses have been great to us. Hopefully you're great to them in return, and it really does help our show. And remember, drive into your best in Oklahoma Ford dealers today for the best deals on Ford's full lineup of trucks and SUVs. Ford is the best in Oklahoma. Ben, let's get into it. Cowboys going to UCF. We just had the ad read for travel. They said it was about a, a Morgantown trip. That's how they're looking at it. But how do you look at this game from from the the Cowboys here big opportunity some would say a big trap game maybe coming up coming off the high of a bedlam win where do you start on breaking down this game yeah from a travel perspective it probably is the same the same uh to as to Morgantown Sam but from a football perspective this team is so different from when it was going into Morgantown I mean I think back to that game I I traveled to it and gosh I mean we really didn't know what we were watching in Oklahoma State, sure, they had put together a couple good wins against the Kansas teams back-to-back, but we didn't know if that was kind of for real. I think the Morgantown trip, Ollie Gordon, you know, bursted onto the scene again. That was a statement for the Cowboys, and they've really kept that statement up. Um, the The pressure's on now. Now the Cowboys have gone from being the hunted to the hunter, and I think that's uh, important context to take into this game against UCF. Yeah, and Ollie Gordon, this feels like a game where he could go nuclear a little bit. Just in terms of of looking at the stats, the Knights are not good against the rush. And Ollie Gordon's been doing huge things against Big 12 defenses that are okay against the rush. Um, Cincinnati's pretty good against the rush, and Ollie Gordon went off against them. But now, at least on paper, you look at it and think, wow, maybe... Maybe the Knights aren't all aren't all that and are in for a long day. Here, I'll break it down. This is to say, like, the rush defense has not even been a weakness for UCF. It's been an Achilles heel. Um, they're number 127 of 133 in the FBS in, in allowing rushing yards per game. They're getting 211.8 yards per game on the ground. And Ollie Gordon leads the nation in rushing. So... I don't think it takes a, a a wizard to draw up the game plan for Oklahoma State this week. I, I think you got to give Ollie Gordon 25 touches, and um, maybe that also leaves some room for Jaden Nixon and Elijah Collins to get touches too. I'm not saying uh, just feed one guy in this case, but I think the Cowboys will probably rush this ball you know, 30, 35 times. Maybe you don't want Alan Bowman throwing it a whole lot just because you might not have to. Sam, OU rushed the ball 46 times as a team against UCF just a couple weeks ago. I mean, that is a lot. Marcus Major had 18 carries. Gavin Sawchuk, 10 carries. Dylan Gabriel, 10 carries. Um, and Major and Sawchuk, they, they were both over four and a half yards a carry. 
So yeah, like we've seen, you know, pretty comparable teams. I think they're uh, really put it to UCF on the ground and, uh, you know, OU only won that game by two points, um, which is interesting because UCF has managed to keep about half of these games really close. Um, so yeah, like 46 rushes on the ground work for OU. I can't imagine OSU wouldn't do the same thing. Yeah. And I, I mean, Levy was kind of criticized a little bit for, man, you had at that point a Heisman candidate, Dylan Gabriel, and you didn't feed it. You didn't let him throw the ball at all. It was on the ground, but I think that's the right way to attack UCF. And you mentioned the record, Ben. They are interesting. Four and five on the year, just one and five in Big 12 play are the Knights. But they've had some close games. They were up huge against Baylor and lost that game in uh, glorious fashion. I, I assume if you're a Bears fan, it was uh, quite a meltdown in the fourth quarter there. And then they were close against Kansas State. So the UCF team, they have an ability to get up on teams, to play good teams late. Like you said, they almost beat OU until a two-point conversion attempt didn't go their way. So I'm really kind of stuck in between saying this is a trap game for the Cowboys versus, hey, this is a game where Ollie Gordon's probably going to go ballistic and maybe the Cowboys win by 28 points. Yeah, I mean, and maybe those things, uh, maybe, maybe this is a trap game and Ollie Gordon still goes ballistic. I mean, it'll come down to how the Cowboy defense can slow down uh, John John Reese John Reese Plumley is yeah yeah um, the the quarterback yeah, there yeah yeah, yeah. Um, and, and Gus Malzahn really I mean remember him from Auburn this guy knows how to coach yeah. football um, so I don't expect the Knights to to kind of roll over I, I think they're um, they're gonna have some some plays on offense to maybe keep this one a little bit competitive maybe more competitive than a lot of people think um, but yeah I, I think Ollie Gordon is going to have a day. Ben, I always get John Reese Pumley. I think you did too, confused with John Reese Davis a little yes, bit. Well, yeah, we just yeah, watched yeah. the Lord of the Rings the other night, so I, I know what you're talking about. Um, but he didn't play like a, a dwarf from Lord of the Rings. He's good. And I think that's where UCF kind of struggled um a little bit too, was when, when Plumley was out. He's there, he's a he's a dang good quarterback. And he's been hurt, but now he's back and um pretty healthy going into this game. So it, and I guess maybe where you and I, our, our opinions go awry a little bit is, hey, this game, at least according to Vegas, is supposed to be pretty close. Um, what do you think about the spread? And, and what did you think about the Cowboys ranking that just came out on Tuesday? Um, are they being disrespected or are they being overvalued or undervalued? What do you think about the Cowboys in terms of point spread against UCF and then their respect after OU? Yeah, we can get into the point spread when we give our picks, Sam, but those college football playoff rankings did just come out, and OSU was up to 15. They jumped up several spots, and of course, that's because uh, it was a rough day for top 25 teams last Saturday, but the Cowboys are second overall in the Big 12 in terms of that ranking. Texas is number seven. KU, one spot behind OSU at 16. OU, one spot behind them at 17. And Kansas State is uh, the last team ranked at number 25. So, I don't know. I think number 15 is, uh, it's about right. It's about fair. Because when you really get up into that top 10, it's like, okay. I, I think those teams have something that Oklahoma State doesn't. Um, and especially their their resume um, with without a South Alabama loss. But, yeah, I think 15 is about right. Is, is that what you thought? Second in the Big 12, a little bit better than, than the rest of the Big 12 teams? I thought that was fair. 
Yeah, um, I, I think it shows the depth of the conference a little bit. Texas does feel better than everyone else in the Big 12 right now. But then aside from that, you know, for the debate, the debate for the longest time was, well, who's the third best team in the Big 12? Because OU and Texas were at the top. Now the debate kind of feels like who's the second best team in the Big 12? Um, and you can throw OU into that group of contenders, but really it'll be, hey, who's the second team that's going to likely go play Texas at at, uh, at Jerry World in the Big 12 championship game? So Big 12 teams being bunched at 15, 16, 17, 25 doesn't surprise me a whole bunch. But, I mean, then you look and, man, you would think the Cowboys being the number 15 team in the country this late in the year, going to play a, a one in five team in Big 12 play, you, you'd think the Cowboys would roll over UCF on paper. Um, but maybe it won't, it won't be like that. It is the space game. I'll say that space game. UCF undefeated in uh, when they do their space uniforms. I think it's the seventh annual kind of space celebration they're having. So I'm big on that. And I believe the uniforms UCF will be wearing will be kind of a, almost an in seven type uniform. Um, not to celebrate Native Americans, really, of course, but um, to celebrate their ties to to the the space um, presence out there. So, hey, maybe that's a factor, too. I'm all about it. It'll be cool, man. And I'm excited for you getting to go out there with uh, the bounce house, the atmosphere we've we've all heard about. I mean, it's not a night game, which maybe puts a little bit of a damper on things, but I don't think those kids are going to have too much to complain about in uh, November in Orlando, Florida. I can't imagine that's too bad of a time, and I'm sure it'll be great weather. Those students, Sam, they get in for free. At OSU, you know, you have to pay your 250 bucks for the all-sports pass, um, and most college kids who would go to a football game do, but at uh, UCF, I think everybody with, with an ID, student ID, gets in for free to those UCF football games, so it should be a crazy atmosphere, packed house, um, which, of course, OSU... Uh, played really well in last week in Bedlam. Yeah, I, so I've read it doesn't bounce as much, which has me a little bummed. You know, I I, I kind of wanted to, to feel a shaking a little bit. Maybe we'll see if it, if it shakes. Maybe if UCF makes a, a big play, it'll shake. Um, but I know it was shaking back, you know, when, when UCF, the, the program was rocking in, what was that, 2016, 2017 with, with uh, McKenzie Milton and all that. I know they were shaking then. Um, and, and got that stadium shaken. So we'll see how much bouncing is actually done. Um, I'd be happy to report on that. But yeah, it'll be it'll be hopefully a decent atmosphere with all those students been, I don't know, I keep circling back to, I think maybe if not this year, maybe in six years, UCF is the team that really, really starts playing well in Big 12 play. Yeah, I mean, it it, it feels like with these, with these Big 12 teams, man, it felt like Cincinnati was was just awesome like two years ago. And then they kind of fell back to par. And UCF had a run being awesome. And then they kind of fell back to par. Um, so who knows how these group of five schools will translate. Obviously, it's it's been kind of a rough transition for these new schools to the Big 12. They haven't been peaking at the right time, per se. Um, but it'll only be, I think, a matter of time before those teams will get up and competing and and be awesome like they've had in some seasons, but certainly this season isn't the start of that. Yeah, and I know, Ben, it was talked about at Big 12 Media Day, but before the year, in the summer, it was talked when Oklahoma State's schedule was unveiled. Hey, look, the Cowboys are playing these new Big 12 schools late in the year. And that was kind of thought to be an advantage in terms of 
the teams that haven't been through a, a full Big 12 slate where the hits are harder and, uh, you know, um, everything's tougher out there, maybe you play them when they're worn down a little bit. I personally don't know how much stock I put into that because, like, linebackers from Memphis hit just as hard. You know, the American Conference is not a bunch of slouches out there. But maybe there is something to be said where the the Cowboys get an advantage playing UCF late and, and some of these other schools late. But, hey, I mean, it hasn't even started out super pretty. So maybe it's just a, a rough year all around for some of those uh, first-year Big 12 schools. Yeah, and the way I looked at it is, okay, but is it an advantage to have a few games of Big 12 play under your belt? I don't really know. Um, maybe it is an advantage. And instead of, you know, losing all these games by a couple scores, these teams would have been getting blown out by, by four scores. Uh, so I don't know. Uh, but the transition has been rough for those new teams. Um, but Sam, it's, it's OSU's turn to play. Two and a half points the Cowboys are favored. It's their first road game being favored since Arizona State, right? And, and they haven't been favored a whole lot throughout this run they've been on. Uh, they were a favorite against Cincinnati, but that's really been about it. So how do you see this road matchup as a favorite going for the Cowboys? So when I first looked at everything and turned my attention away from Bedlam a little bit. Um, I, I, my first gut reaction was Oklahoma State probably by 20 or, or 23 points, um, just picking a blowout like that. But I'm not so sure that's going to be the case anymore. Um, and maybe it's just because they say Vegas always knows. But UCF has a great rushing defense, or rushing offense as well. The Knights, been, they actually lead the, the Big 12 in, in yards per rush at, at 5.7. And, um, and, uh, what's the other one? And, and also yards per game, I believe. Um, I didn't have that one written down, but they, they're at the top of the big 12 in, in rushing offense as well. So I kind of see this game playing out as there's not a ton of possessions to go around. Uh, maybe with a, a clock that's moving the whole time. If both teams run the ball 30, 35 times, maybe there's just not as much possessions to create space. I still like the Cowboys to win, but um, now I'm, I'm predicting something like to make it official. I'll go 28, 23 Oklahoma state wins. I think I'll go even closer than that. I think I'll go with something like 30 to 27. I think the Cowboys are going to be in for a nail biter. Look, it's hard to go from the up of Bedlam to, I don't want to say down, but just kind of average big 12 game. I mean, and Mike Gundy's been on it. That's the thing he's been stressing to us is moving on and moving past and looking forward, uh, flushing the Bedlam win out. But that's hard to do. There's a reason why they're stressing on it. I think the Cowboys win, but I think it's going to be a nail-biter. I'll go, I'll go by a three-point win for the Cowboys. Get this. The Cowboys have played one game the week after a Bedlam win since 1998. I'm going to say it again. OSU has played once the week after a Bedlam win since 1998. Do you know when that was? Top of your head? 1998. Um, yeah. That was the year, I think Peyton Manning was a senior that year at Tennessee. Okay. Gosh, I don't really know much about that era of ball. So it was, it was 2021. That's the last time the Cowboys have played oh. a game the week after Bedlam. Sure. In the Big 12 championship game. Um, and it's due to a combination of Bedlam's usually just scheduled the last week of the season anyway. and the Cowboys don't usually win Bedlam. So um, those two those two factors have led to a lot of time Oklahoma State 
the week after a, a Bedlam win, maybe they play in a bowl a month out. But in the one game where maybe you look to the Cowboys have a quote-unquote Bedlam hangover or any of that, um, they didn't play well, especially in that first half against Baylor. Um, that was not a pretty sight. So I don't know how much stock I put into that. I actually look back at 1998, and the Cowboys ended up losing two games after a Bedlam win when they beat OU in October and then lost to A&M and Texas. Um, so I, I don't know how much stock even then you can put from three games over a sample size that's, um, you know, 2023 minus 1998, 25 years. But maybe maybe we just don't know. And I think that's fine to put it at that. Is We just don't really know how history is, has dealt the Cowboys. But Gundy's trying to move on, so maybe they can do that and be just fine. Yeah, that's interesting. If 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 that was a game where Blake Shapin goes out and sets a AT&T Stadium record for passes completed to begin a game, then who knows uh, what could happen there in Orlando? Who knows? Yeah. Hey, let's talk a little basketball. It's it's definitely still football season, but two on OSU, we cover everything, and um, we we wanted to to provide a little basketball update. Really, been. What do you think? Because it wasn't a, a, a result that raised his eyebrow a little bit. The Cowboys are 0-1. Yeah, I mean, uh, the the start was was rough, Sam. It's, it's kind of worst-case scenario, I think, for the Cowboys. And don't take that to mean it's worst-case scenario. You can't come back from a loss to open the season and make the, and make the, champion, and make the NCAA tournament or anything like that. It was just worst-case scenario. From from a from a standpoint of, they brought in all these guys to fix the three point shooting, um, free throws. It can't get any worse than last year, right? Well, it kind of did. Um, the the three point shooting was bad, free throw shooting even worse, um, and and it was just an ugly game all around. And, and really, Abilene Christian, they they I I didn't know if they wanted to win that game either. They were trying to give that ball away. They were trying to give that game away at the end. And the Cowboys do make a run, but. Just getting down 18 points uh, five minutes into the second half is, is not a recipe for winning these games. It was it was ugly. Yeah. Uh, hand up. Bad pos- bod- podcasting on my part. I'm looking at the, the final score I had written down right here, but it was 64 to 59. If y'all didn't see it, um, that was the loss to Abilene Christian. Cowboys had a chance to tie it up late. Um, they didn't. And it was kind of a microcosm of what went wrong last year over a season span for OSU, Ben. You're right. Free throws were were bad. Um, we asked Boynton after the game, I mean, what can you do about shooting free throws? And Boynton's like, you know, we had them each make 10 before the, 10 in a row before they left the, the building the night before the game, and they all did it. And Boynton said they shot something like 85% from the free throw line then, but when the lights were on, even if, you know, the lights, it was only to illuminate a game against Abilene Christian, um, the Cowboys were 8 for 20 from the free throw stripe. And that was one of a couple of things that did OSU in. But if you're the fan that looks for a ray of hope, the Cowboys were without their two top point guard options. So, I mean, heck, my takeaway is Javon Small and, and Jamiron Keller, they better be good when they're back. Uh, Small, uh, a tr- junior transfer from East Carolina, and Jamiron Keller, a freshman from from Texas, who I believe was the 5A state player of the year there in Texas. So um, the Cowboys, they'll have help on the way, but they'll need it to to be good. A couple guys who haven't been in OSU uniforms before that 
OSU will, will need to, to play well to get that back on track, at least get the offense flowing a little bit because um, it wasn't pretty. And Isaiah Miranda, the other freshman who everyone's talking about, I mean, the Cowboys needed him. They lost, they lost the jump ball. Um, they lost the tip in, with yeah. Isaiah Miranda in that jump circle. I don't think that's going to happen too many times. So, yeah, if that is, is, you know, it should be mentioned, like, the Cowboys offense just didn't function super well. And I think that had to do uh, because of the injuries. But you can't blame free throw shooting or three-point shooting on injuries. I think uh, maybe the, the Cowboys should go watch the Cowgirls uh, shoot in games and, and kind of see how that works because they're having no problems over there on the women's side. No doubt. Well, we'll that wraps up kind of the main section of 2 on OSU. But Ben, before we get out of here, we'll do the two-minute drill. Let me get your first memory or defining memory when someone says UCF. What pops into your head when I say UCF? I think of Taco Fall. He was so fun to watch. The, the center on the basketball team for UCF. I think of that game he played against Duke where Zion had all the hype, but, but Taco Fall uh, nearly ripped that game from the Duke Blue Devils. What what was he? Is is he like seven six? I mean, I I, I know that's like Yao Ming territory, but Taco yeah, Fall was like seven five, seven six, and I know he he bounced around with the Boston Celtics. Uh, so fun to watch. Yeah, that was a game I remember too. Um, seven six. You're absolutely right, Ben. And my main takeaway, I I guess what I remember most about about UCF, kind of unfortunately, is Mackenzie Milton shredding his knee, and really UCF. That run that they had was so much fun um, in 2017, 2018. I think it was 25 straight wins that they had. Um, raised a national championship banner. All that was so much fun. Uh, regardless of how, how much you um, you know respect the national championship banner, or maybe your opinions on it uh, depend on what you think about Oklahoma State's 1945 or, uh, national championship sign that, that's in uh, Boom Pickin Stadium. But... Um, I certainly think the Oklahoma State's claim is, is a lot uh, more viable than, than UCF's for the record. But I, I just think it was fun regardless to have a, a young, um, brash team, brash in terms of marketing, that burst on the scene. That was a lot of fun. Uh, I, I enjoyed that run. And didn't, didn't that game kind of start trigger the end of Joe Burrow's career? Like, weren't they the last team to beat Joe Burrow? Yeah, I think that was the start of Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase and Justin Jefferson and that whole run. Um, so maybe that's just another reason, man. Like those those UCF Knights, they 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 raised the championship, got the you know beat Joe Burrow. Maybe they do deserve that natty. <laughs> that's exactly right. Well, thanks so much for listening. Um, more thanks if you subscribed or really click any button. I think they all help. Comment, uh, review, um, like, dislike, any of that. Uh, retweet, whatever platform you're on, it all helps, and we really do appreciate it because. We know there are a lot of podcasts that you can listen to 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 hear about Oklahoma State. So we appreciate you turning to us. And um, we uh, we hope that you do it in the future. And we hope you check out everyone else's work at Sellout Crowd. Um, so thanks for all that you do. And I'll be in Orlando. So be tuned for updates from uh, from the center of Florida, where it'll be pretty good. I just checked on my weather app today. So excited for that. Thanks so much. We'll catch you next time. <laughs> <laughs>